And we are recording, Max. That was the most tone-deaf version of that song I've ever heard. <laughs> hey, everybody, we're going to talk about martial arts this uh, week. We're going to talk about what it means when we say learning how to fight, why it's a pretty good idea right now. I think especially right now. And you know, we're going to make fun of some people who have fake martial arts, um, <laughs> which you should definitely avoid, but how, uh, I think what's happened with MMA, what's happened with fighting, you know, fight sports in the last couple of decades has come out and proven quite a few classic martial arts styles to be not obsolete, but rather highlight the fact that they have turned into an art, right? They're not really a fight technique per se. So the first thing that everyone should know is why fighting sucks three times more if you've never been trained, right? So it's fight or flight. So I don't know, Tiago, you've been doing a lot of reading. Tell us what uh, fight or flight is. Have you guys ever been in a situation where you started sweating, your breathing started becoming more shallow and your heart rate just speed up and you also started having this tunnel vision? I've been in plenty of these situations and it's basically your brain telling you either to fight or flight. It's dumping large amounts of cortisol and adrenaline into your brain and, and, and giving you these symptoms so that you are ready to fight. And the problem is your brain is not only going to give you or drop you these hormones whenever you are in a, con in a confrontation situation, it's going to drop this whenever you are in a, in a simple meeting, whenever you have yeah. a spotlight, um, whenever you feel awkward or whenever you feel stressful, your brain is unable to determine if it's a, it's a stressful situation because of a confrontation or because just an awkward moment, it's just going to drop this on you. And the problem is, first, it can be harming to your body and to your brain if you're constantly uh, having this, this large amount of exposure to cortisol. And then second, it, it just makes you make bad decisions, right? Imagine you are in a fight and you're, you just start swinging blindly because you can't think properly and you can't, you don't know what you're doing. You're going to be an easy prey for the person that is your aggressor. So the, the goal would be to, how do you stop this? How do you, how do you control yourself in the situation? How do you stop this? There's no way to stop it, by the way, there's a way to contradict the symptoms. So the way that I've learned how to contradict the symptoms through martial arts was with breathing. So you want to contradict that shallow breathing that you're going through. And you can contradict this by inhaling three seconds and exhaling three seconds in the same time and, and just focusing on that a little bit. And this will bring you back to, to like a more conscious position. And this is not only valid into, in a confrontation situation, but as well, when you're presenting something, it will make you feel less nervous. Have you ever been in a situation like this, Max? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, that's exactly why they say, like, when you go into your first boxing or whatever, kickboxing, Muay Thai kind of uh, gym, first thing they teach you is to breathe with your punches, right? Like, like what you're talking about is exactly uh, what beginners do. They hold their breath and then they throw five punches at once. And it looks really hard. But first of all, if you had any training, when you see someone hold their breath, it's like your brain's already telling you, oh, yeah. <laughs> Here it comes. You can see them go. <laughs> yeah. You start moving your head to try to dodge the hit. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I have, you know, uh, I haven't been in that many fights. 
I mean, I lost the first one and I was already quite old at the time. It was so stupid in high school. <laughs> I got pushed over and then you know, schoolyard rules. I, I definitely lost that one. But um, yeah, I've been into, been unfortunately in a couple after that. And that, that adrenaline rush you talk about, it comes with cortisol, um, you know, like a cortisol spike. It, you, you have that trembling sensation in your muscles because your muscles are tensing up. Um, and that's why people shake. Um, your, your breathing gets really shallow. The tunnel vision is essentially your eye taking in, like focusing on what the threat would be, right? It, that's what you meant by tunnel vision. Exactly, yeah, exactly. You just yeah. focus on, on your aggressive. Yeah, so all I, what I remember is what I don't remember. Let's say that. It's like, unless I really revisited or I've had like deja vu moments, I typically have like a quite a limited memory of that of that situation. And a really good example is once, you know, I, we were on holiday with a couple of friends and one of the guys, a friend of a friend got into a fight because oh, this sounds like a, um, a reality show story, but someone was running around saying some not so nice things about his sister, apparently. So he went up to the guy and confronted him in a club, which first of all, like that just shows you how young we were. But he confronted the guy. They go into like boxing, you know, uh, posture right and the other guy like now i think back i'm like oh that the guy knew how to throw you know throw punches and and the guy that was with us did too but at the time i i hadn't started training yet and i was like well oh, maybe these guys know how to fight and i remember my friend so the friend of a friend he started throwing leg kicks which at the time was so bizarre to me because i hadn't had muay thai you know experience and stuff so this guy was trying to kick this other guy's leg in a in a club, and I just remember looking at the whole experience, going, "What the? <laughs> <laughs> Can the bouncer come? This is not as fun as I thought it would be. I want to keep drinking. <laughs> this is not like the movies." <laughs> but you know, it, one is I think the guy was so drunk he didn't feel the leg kicks. But you know, now that I've trained it, I know that if you are really good at it, you know, a a a, a really good leg kick could be disabling. Like it, it just could numb out your leg completely. But um, the point of this uh, of the story is that I didn't remember a lot of these things because I couldn't mentally recognize it, you know? So I didn't realize that, yeah, okay, while these two were fighting, there was like a whole other fight going on around me. And I forgot that I kind of had to get into a couple of scuffles as well, right? And that's just what happens. And then the more you train fighting or the more you put yourself in a situation similar to that stressful environment, the more you're probably the more information you're able to take in and register because then, then you're more you're like okay well who's close to me like those are the dangerous people right who's looking at me that's something you learn quite quickly in fighting as well which is that you know when you're about to go and spar against someone you know you, you start looking at okay where his where are his shoulders um and where are his eyes and that's why they say like when you're really fighting and you're fighting against someone you trained uh, who's trained if you're gonna kick him don't don't like look down at his leg when you're going to kick the leg and then look back up at the head when you kick the head. Like you need to get to a point where your body knows exactly how to do that movement. And then because the guy's trained, you need to start tricking him as well. So maybe look at the torso, you know, when you're going to kick, when you're going to kick somewhere else, et cetera, like little things like that, that when you're trained, you're able to, you're able to pick up, but when you're not right, you're completely unaware. And that's when you get murdered. When I used to fight, I, I wouldn't even uh, look at um, anything else. I would just look at the torso so that I could look at all limbs and to see the movements of the limbs. And one of the techniques that I would use a lot was that trickery. I would, I would flinch that I was going to do something and I would do something else uh, because, because of that, if I would flinch, they would have a reaction and that would open the other side of their defense for me to strike in. But just going a little bit back, what you were saying, one of those symptoms of 
at not remembering what happened. It's one of the things that happens with fight or flight. When we were in South Africa and we were involved in that fight, I couldn't remember most of the things. I only remembered being punched and then remember you putting your hand on my chest saying, everything is finished. You don't need to continue on swinging. <laughs> like they're on the floor, stop swinging. <laughs> so I remember that, but only that. Everything else, it's just bits. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's kind of different too because they, they attacked us in that sense, right? Like they did throw the first punch. So I guess, yeah, good indication of the fact that your brain kind of kicked in, like that you got punched and instead of freezing up, you went on the offensive. And not saying that that's what everyone should be striving towards, but I'm just saying like, let's say that that was a bit more of a serious situation. Like it wasn't just a scuffle. Like the guys weren't just drunk and trying to make a point. Imagine it was like a more dangerous and sinister uh, situation. Would you rather have had your response or be the guy, you see these videos of people who they get into that fight, they get slapped sometimes even, and they freeze up and there's nothing scarier. You know, especially now that I've been like now, now that I've seen more and more of it because you can see it in the gym, it is so, so worrying to know that, hey, man, there are people out there that could get attacked and they don't deserve to be. And then they they stiffen up, their hands kind of come up, but they don't come up to protect themselves. And yeah, I mean, that's why I think if I ever had a kid, I would hopefully try to get him interested in it at some point. Right, like my dad did, and I didn't. I was too skinny as a kid, anyways, to adequately defend myself in that sense. And yeah, just to say, I totally agree with the fact that you should at least have a little bit of experience and try it out. It's just like any sport. Like if you've never done sports, you'll never understand. You know, any sport, you'll never understand how pleasant it is. Right, like the endorphins and all of that stuff. And so people think it's all pain, but the moment you get into it, it's it. That's exactly what it is. You got to understand it to love it. Exactly. And with fighting, because you don't have that rational mind right there, everything's happening so fast, you need to prime your body to react. And the only way to prime your body to react is for you to train a combat sport. And what would you think of your experience of training uh, jiu-jitsu? What, what, do, what do you think would be the best um, sport combats for people to train and to prime their, their body and brain to react? Yeah, you know, what we should explain this when we started, which is um, so I have a little bit of Brazilian jiu-jitsu background, but more from like going to an MMA gym. So very rudimentary, but I did it with no gi. So in other words, I didn't wear the, for those uh, that are uninitiated, I didn't wear like the karate outfit or the judo outfit. I did it with, you know, essentially like a t-shirt or like a, a, um, those skin tight workout shirts. And um, I did it more like a grappling. So in an MMA situation where you're kind of standing up and then you'd need to get the guy to the ground. And then when you're on the ground, you need to choke him out. And that's different to like traditional Brazilian jiu-jitsu because in traditional Brazilian jiu-jitsu, it's actually a lot of times you start on the ground or even if you start standing, you're wearing the gi so you can like grab and like imagine the guy had a jacket, you can grab his sleeve, you can grab his collar and things like that. So what I'm trying to say is I have a little bit of experience in that, but the majority of my training again, very amateurish training is in striking. So that includes boxing. And now I'm really into Muay Thai. And that's where I come from. And you've done Kung Fu though. You, so that's a more traditional martial art, but you did it in a full contact situation. If I, if, yeah. If I'm, it, it wasn't just a martial art. It, it, it is a martial art, but it was focused into combat. It, was, yeah. it, it is a martial art that was taught in the Iranian armed forces called Kung Fu Toa. And I trained six, seven years in Portugal achieving like, black belt in it but it, it, it was way harder for me to learn how to fight with that martial art because it took me three years to get into a position that i could hold my 
my ground in a, in a proper fight. It's yeah. different to boxing on Muay Thai, which I feel if you train hard enough for three, four months, you know how to punch, you know how to defend, you know how to hold your ground. Well, yes and no, because the reality is it's it's a two-way street every time, right? It takes two to tango. So you might get good at it. I, I wouldn't never, I would never say though that two, like three, four months is enough for you to learn how to kick, for example. One of the clear things is, and, and now we're going into, you know, what are the good martial arts or good, the good fight styles to, to start with? I would say, yeah. if you have no experience at all, it's, a lot of times it's easier to start off with something that's just hands. So boxing is always a great one. Uh, boxing is a great way to start because you're probably quite used to what your hands are doing. The dexterity of people's arms and hands are just much higher. And, you know, you're going to immediately start your... Uh, conditioning on your hands, you're going to immediately start working on your fitness. I mean, I, I would definitely say nothing makes you as fit as fighting in the sense that, look, you're not running marathons. Right? Like it's obviously functional fitness. You need to be able to breathe. You need to be able to have enough strength to do something about it, but be exposed enough to be fast. Um, but, you know, when you're training, especially if you spar a little bit, that survival instinct, if you can get that to kick in, uh, but in a safe environment, that will push you to your limit. Uh, I, I find that it's a lot more comfortable to be pushed to my limits in that situation as opposed to exactly. CrossFit, yeah. which is something you love. Like I, I just can't, sometimes I can't stand sitting there and they're like, you're about to spend the rest, the next 20 minutes of your life rowing on this rowing machine. Good luck. It's going to be <laughs> fun. I, I look at it, I'm like, oh, I'd rather go and punch a bag that has no feelings either, but <laughs> I enjoy it more, right? So, but just to focus on that, what to start with? Start with boxing. And if you're comfortable or you're interested in other styles then you know look at kickboxing or look at muay thai the difference being boxing just hands trying to move you know no kicking and um only using your fist to, to hit someone you're actually not really even allowed to use a hammer fist as in the bottom of your fist you can only hit with your knuckles essentially and boxing has bigger gloves as well so you can practice on the bag and eventually practice your head movement but if you can do a little bit more, you're interested, then you can go to like kickboxing and Muay Thai, which is then you add in kicking the body. And uh, the difference between kickboxing and Muay Thai is a little bit of strategy, but a lot about the rules. Um, and Muay Thai, you'll probably focus a lot more on kicking people's legs, for example. That's like a big part of it. Strengthening your shins to throw those kicks on the knees, the legs, and obviously the head. But the one crazy thing about Muay Thai, for those who haven't trained it, is that you can use your elbows and your knees. So it's called the art of eight limbs because now you're not just punching someone or just kicking someone in you know, like boxing. You're now starting to like learn how to throw knees. You're starting to throw elbows when you're in there so you can punch someone and then throw an elbow. And one of the things that people don't realize is when you start throwing elbows at speed, it's like a knife cutting through butter sometimes. Like if you hit someone on the head and uh, you learn how to clinch, which is when you put like a hand behind someone's head or you put that ideally under their arm under the shoulder and the clinching is when you clinch the guy so you can feel his his bodily movement you controlling him you're clinched up so that you're close enough that he's not really able to hit you right and he can't throw full punches but and then you can decide if you want to throw him on the ground or you you want to move away and use an elbow so not to get too technical that's the kind of different layers so for a lot of people kind of going straight into my tie is not that enjoyable because to be honest it sucks for your shins for the first few months, yeah. just kicking a heavy bag, the, 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 the big sandbags, you've got to strengthen your, your shins. And that really what they mean by that is numb it out. Yeah. So I, I, does that kind of answer the question? <laughs> it does, it does, it does. 
I think this is the fun part of it. I, I think instead of focusing on what's the best martial art, et cetera, we can talk about the difference in it. And hopefully, I, I, you know, most of my friends who wanted to talk to me about martial arts are interested in this. What's the difference? In boxing, for example, you wear these big gloves and you do technically in Muay Thai as well, but th- th- uh, sometimes they're a little bit thinner so you can get more control of your hands. But th- the reality is that gloves protect the puncher. They don't protect the person being punched. So people think that when you put on gloves and you get punched, it's like better. No, if you put on gloves, you can punch twice to three times as hard as you can without it. And it doesn't hurt you. And so one of the things that one- You're also more protected. Sorry for interrupting. Because yeah. when you you are ducking, you have that extra piece of rubber protecting your face. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, like you, don't get, you don't get cut, for example. But, but brass tacks- it's the guy punching you that will benefit from it more in the long run because he can throw 100% power behind that punch every time. You know, the reality is take your hand now without a glove and try punch, I don't care, like uh, try punch, I don't know, your table with like three towels on it. It's still going to hurt you like crazy, right? And theoretically it's softer, but, you know, put on a glove and it's you that gets protected, but the table feels the same amount of force, right? Because you're putting your whole, power behind that punch. So, so what I'm trying to get to here is if you compare uh, boxing to let's say certain other martial arts, which are made for self-defense or self-defense techniques, Krav Maga and stuff, stuff like that. A lot of people argue that it lacks conditioning side of actually knowing how to fight. So people who just do boxing for sports, your, your hands aren't getting that hard. Um, your knuckles aren't getting flattened, which is what you see a lot of people who actually have trained fighting uh, do have like very flat knuckles as if you can't tell them the digits apart. Uh, and um, when you're missing this, you get into a real fight. Sometimes the mistake people make is they throw a full speed punch with their hand and maybe they hit. But if the guy's face is tough or whatever, you know, you get unlucky, he doesn't hit perfectly, you don't shake his chin, the guy survives it. You could have broken your hand. With adrenaline, that's not going to feel the same way. You, if you punching someone without adrenaline in a training situation is going to hurt you so much the guy that received the punch in you as well but in a real fight when you punch someone and with all of that adrenaline that person's not going to feel that pain as much it's going to be much harder yeah. for you to throw him down yeah yeah and and that's the difference between when you've seen a fight as well um when you've been there you, you hear more of a slapping sound sometimes not always a yeah. thud and uh yeah you anybody that's been in that situation afterwards you, you know ask them like what their hand looks like the next day swollen you know completely messed up you can't move it sometimes because they've been hitting so hard so all to say is that i think it you should still go for these fight sports because they teach you a lot of other things as well right so like the discipline of getting fit etc but just understand that never have that false confidence there's a reason why everybody that teaches fighting especially those that teach like self-defense say you're really learning to buy time you're really learning to maybe deal with the first five seconds and then get the hell out of there. So yep. one of the things that's very true about all of this is um, by large, be first. If you know that guy's really going to attack you, there's a reason why a lot of people say go first. You know, if you're absolutely sure you're in danger, hit him first. And that's what sports can like learning how to fight can do for you. Number one is realizing when someone's going to attack you. First of all, a lot of people don't even realize when someone's a threat, like the way they look at you, if they square up, you know, if their hands start kind of coming up a little bit more, you need to be ready. And your reaction speed, right? People think it's easy to dodge punches because they've been playing touch with people. But like in full speed movement, 
if you've never tried it out, never put on gear and said, okay, you know what? Go full speed. Let me see what it feels like. Guys, like <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible to grab a punch. When they teach you that you can grab a punch in certain, in certain martial arts, it, it's when you know that that martial art is kind of sketchy. It's so yeah. hard to grab a punch. And you never punch someone standing still, right? You punch someone with momentum going forward or sideways. Yeah. And, and you learn in these self-defense techniques and martial arts that let's train with you standing still. And it's not even close to reality. Yeah, like Wing Chun gets a lot of criticism from this. And there are probably, no, there are things in it that are practical. You know, the idea of maybe knowing how it feels to have someone in front of you trying to throw limbs at you and getting used to the bodily movement of someone. You kind of do it a little bit in like judo and in those grappling uh, martial arts as well. But for the most part, yeah, what you're talking about is if that guy started jumping around, like no one's going to come here, put their two hands on you. And then everyone kind of start feeling it out, right? In real life situations, in a real fight, like you look at MMA, people are jumping around or people are coming yeah. in and hitting you. And that's, that's why be very careful what you select to learn depending on your goals. If you're trying to learn discipline and brotherhood and all this stuff, then yeah, like a lot of these martial arts can offer that to you. If you're trying to learn how to fight someone, you want to throw punches, that's where you should, I think, you know, for street fight, start with that. Go boxing, go Muay Thai, et cetera, especially elbows, you know, like good for girls sometimes like that, it could help. Clinching is one thing. So if they miss a punch, a lot of people just freak out. So if you learn Muay Thai, someone throws a punch, they miss, you learn how to clinch and it, you want, so they miss, you grab the guy, but you need to know how to grab him so you can't hit you while you're grabbing him. Um, and then if you want to go into like more uh, dynamic fighting, so knowing what to do if you ever end up on the ground, right? So a lot of, a lot of self-defense for women kind of stress this because of how women would be attacked. Then jujitsu gets into play. Jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu is a really good way for small people to defend against and sometimes even attack bigger people because you're going for moves that are leverage as opposed to pure strength. The reality is that if someone's got about 30 kilograms on you, unless you have these God-given hands of stone, right? you're not really going to be able to do something to that guy. Even if you threw your hardest punch, it, yeah. the, the dynamic just doesn't work. And you probably can't, probably can't even kick him because you're either wearing jeans or he's too tall. Um, and also throwing kicks in a street fight. Don't do it. Like you're not Israel Desanya and these karate kid guys in the UFC. It's incredibly hard to throw one out, right? Tiago, when you were training out of fight, you were kicking knees most of the time. And that just shows it's a practical martial art. You don't, you're yeah, not there master, to... we, we would learn how to kick the face as well, but he would tell us in a fight, you never want to kick the face because if he's an experienced fighter, he will he will have time to get around you and, and, and knock you out or you can slip because you have to put a lot of balance on the other foot. So kick knees, it's the most efficient one. Yeah. Martial arts, we're not saying that they don't work, but with the, the reality of the UFC and these other uh, organizations that have come and go sometimes like pride and now like one championships a really big one in asia what they've shown is that a lot of the martial arts that we consider like the 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 the, the big brand names let's yeah. call them right they've been kind of yeah Taekwondo. they've been kind of disproved as a combat ready style what i mean by that is sometimes um they've turned into more of a purely a sport, a point sport, or purely a, an art, like a lifestyle, right? Um, you know, there's some people say like Aikido was originally designed to actually disarm someone or defend against someone who has a weapon when you don't. Kind of makes sense, like in Aikido Japan, if they had long 
uh, sharp objects and someone's attacking you, that's where a lot of that leverage, you know, like you need to be able to know, oh, his arm and whatever is coming in. That's why they have these movements where someone's moving forward a lot. And then you need to be able to take that and essentially throw it into, turn him into some kind of judo throw. But if it's hand-to-hand combat, it doesn't really translate very well because now there's wrestling. And by far, the single thing that can tell the difference between a winner and a loser right now in the UFC is actually wrestling. And why we say that is you have really great strikers and you have guys that can really choke you out. But if you have someone who has a really strong background in wrestling and someone who doesn't, I would put my money on the guy who has wrestling nine out of 10 times because the ability to kind of get their hands on you and control you, right? Judo, they take you and they just throw you. Um, You know, jujitsu, they have to be on the ground, et cetera. But the ability to stay on top of you is is from wrestling and until you've experienced what that feels like guys with a professional guy or even like a semi-professional guy you have no idea how scary it is right it's like imagine going and playing tennis and you've never held a racket before like it you know that awkward feeling imagine feeling that but when some dude or girl has is on top of you and you know for a fact that if that guy wanted to punch you, if, the, if he had anything in his hand, if he wanted to just throw elbows on your head for the rest of the night, he could because you're under his, his weight, which somehow feels three times as heavy and you can't get him off of you. And that's the difference between some of these combat sports that we have now, championed by the UFC, championed by one championship and all these other ones versus some of the martial arts like Wing Chun and stuff, which in essence have turned into a bit of a art. Taekwondo, yeah. a lot of the styles of Taekwondo has turned into point sparring and point systems. So they want to just, they want to hit you as many times and as fast as possible. But you don't punch as much in, the, in Taekwondo. Like you, you don't punch into the head, you're punching the body sometimes. So you see Taekwondo guys, they stand there and they jump and it looks really cool. But that's, they're jumping there because they're getting ready to spin around or throw their feet up, but their hands are low. Try do that stuff in the UFC unless you're like elite level wrestler. The guy is either going to close the distance and knock it the fuck out with his hands, or he's going to tackle you. And people will have this illusion. If he's running at me, I'm going to kick him. I'm going to punch him and stop him. Guys, you, you probably couldn't even stop me if I tried that, right? Like I, I could probably take a couple of punches, just again, adrenaline or just luck. I mean, it, it, this, is not, this is the reality. Like you got to know there are killers out there. And then when they get their hands on you and you go to the ground, if you've never been trained, so unbelievably exhausting and so unbelievably scary. Sorry, so I rambled on there for a bit, but the point was these new combat sports probably will do a lot better for you if you want to learn how to fight. Yeah, they're way more practical. True. Yeah. True. Have you have you been looking at like fake martial arts? So we can start with something a little bit more controversial, which is <clears throat> you know, MMA is having a really hard time kicking off in China because for some reason. I've followed some channels um, who have discussed this. People who live in China for a long time. In China, there's a huge nationalistic drive and Kung Fu is, has somehow become part of that nationalistic drive because it's all about the Chinese culture and preserving Chinese culture and how Chinese culture is the best. And there are some parts of Chinese culture that are absolutely beautiful. And sometimes, you know, the most um, elegant parts compared to the world because of the long history of Asian background. Now, keep in mind, I'm Asian. And the funny thing is I'm Asian, but I learned like the, the, the combat sports and you're white and <laughs> you learn, you learn Kung Fu, let's say. Yes. Um, so what has happened here is that there is a lot of con artists and somehow they've been picked up by like some of the main 
the mainstream media in Asia, right? Like CCTV and these guys. And they kind of glorify these martial artists. So they call themselves and, and they, I think they instill false confidence in a lot of people. So you, that's when you see these videos of these, uh, usually older men, you know, like middle-aged or older, and they never look very fit either. They look frail, look fat or whatever. Yeah. That's the reality of it, right? Why do none of them look like those MMA fighters? You know, <laughs> have you seen those guys that look like they're made out of marble and, you know, and stone, right? Yeah, they're scary. And they do a lot of the chi stuff, you know, which is really just breathing. Like if you if you really get down to it, like you're a Shaolin, they talk about it, it's just breathing. But they, and then they have a lot of these things where they touch you and then people fall over or they twist your wrist and then people like stop flipping. And you can see that the people who are having it done to them are pretending. And the problem with that is that, you know, unfortunately, no one's calling them out on it. And the few people that have, um, there was this one MMA fighter, he kind of started challenging these martial art masters. So they you know, proclaim to be in real bare knuckle fights. And he murked them. It's an interesting video. Five, six, seven fights. Right. And so this, the, but what was really sad about it was this MMA fighter. He's Chinese himself. He got, he became a pariah. All the social media companies canceled all his, uh, all his social media accounts. Yeah. So imagine you did something like this, right? Some guy comes out and says, I know, let's think about, I don't know, something like more Western. Like imagine someone came out with like the gun carter. So um, have you seen Equilibrium? Or let's say any of the John Wick move, movies where like yeah. there's certain moves where they're fighting with guns and then you look at it and you go, okay, they kind of change this a little bit for movies. Like, why would you do that with a gun? No, you want to run away and shoot the guy. Like, why would you get close? Imagine someone kind of started spouting that and said, this is the real way to fight. And then some MMA fighter goes and goes, no, it's not. Then they beat the guy in like five seconds. And then he does that a few times with a few people. And then Instagram, Facebook, and everyone just canceled your account saying, oh, you're spreading hate or you're anti nationalistic that's so that's what happened to him and so it's so um painfully sad that the origin of kung fu you know that region let's say they, they're they're trying to kind of prop up these people that are not they, they call themselves martial artists but they're scam artists right they, they don't actually practice the real martial arts that can allow you to defend yourself and things like that that's that's the pity so just to finish, because we want to keep this episode short. And if you guys are interested in it, you know, we're going to go around and ask and we can talk more about those kind of martial arts and things like that and what's funny about it and what's dangerous. But here is a really interesting moral question for any, everyone to ask themselves. Is it worse if you go to a martial art dojo, if it's like more Japanese or, you know, a, a gym like that, right? And they promise you that it's a martial art that's good for fighting, but it turns out to be a fraud. Or if you go to a purely self-defense style, so, you know, ones where they promise you that you can disarm people in those really bogus ways. Like, you know, when people talk about uh, someone stabs you, do this, and then, like, get the, get the knife out of their hands by twisting their wrists and guns and stuff yeah. like that. Like, even special forces people, you know, they come out and they say, dude, guys, like, to pull that off, like, <laughs> that's the last thing of the last thing. Like, your life is flashing before your eyes kind of thing, you know, unless the guy's uninitiated. But what's worse, I would say that self-defense is much, much worse because at least with fake martial arts, if you want to call them that, I think there's a certain lifestyle that you can learn from it. A little bit of discipline and I don't know, some people just need a little bit of belonging. So you do have a brotherhood kind of vibe to these things. You know, um, maybe True. they need a fatherly figure. Sometimes these senseis are, right? What, what do you think, Tiago? Absolutely. From Kung Fu, I, I got a, a great brotherhood there. 
uh, great sense of discipline. Whenever I was in the dojo, it was just a full-on practice. Uh, in order for us to become better practitioners, we had to train at home and, and, and have that commitment. So other than fighting, I got a lot of good things out of it. Yeah, yeah. And so the other one is also when you look at who you're going to learn from or who you're practicing with, um, there's two things to kind of remember here. Number one is even in the best gyms, when people say they prefer training with you know experienced people, it's not because they are prejudiced and they say like, loser, I'm cool. No, because it's actually the people who are trained that know how to control themselves the most. And there's two things in that. One is fighting teaches you uh, to be humble. And so when you are dealing with like a master that really is a lot like very uh, lax with proclaiming to be the best, claiming to be a killer, take that with a pinch. I, take that with a pinch of salt. And I know everyone does, but specifically when it comes to martial arts, the one thing I love about it is that everyone is so humble when they're good at it because they realize that n- number one, don't judge a book by its cover, and number two, there are some killers out there that are the most polite you know, um, most friendly people. And then you start throwing down with them and they turn out to be geniuses. And so everyone's very careful with respect and things like that because you never know who's in front of you. And that's part of it. Like you respect the guy's journey. And so sometimes you get a lot of these martial arts, you know, Kung Fu masters who are like, my style is the best style. I will beat anybody up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you're like, okay, no. Like even if you go to like a boxing instructor, uh, like a boxing trainer or whatever, they don't say that, right? They, they, they will even admit like some of the best UFC fighters, champions, they go, yeah, dude, if a guy's got like 20 kilograms on me in a bar, I would defend myself, but I would never try start it. I wouldn't even be confident because they know how big of a difference size makes. Yeah. And that would be the most important because, yeah. Except, except Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. Those two are super cocky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you see, that's, that's why like Conor McGregor made the UFC mainstream, right? So for the most part, people like people who talk, you know, talk nonsense and he can back it up. That's the problem. He could back it up with that left hand of his. He made it mainstream because most people think that that's what fighting is like for a lot of people. You know, these crap talkers that bang, you know. But for the most part, actually, even before that, a lot of these martial artists, they might not be the most outspoken guys, right? They, they've learned self-preservation and maybe to do the talking with their body instead of with their mouth. Um, so, yeah, he's an exception. But what he's done for MMA, what he's done for martial arts, I would even say, is 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 disproportionately great compared to almost anybody else you know he, he again the great thing about mma and the ufc is that it's highlighted how some of the ancient martial arts aren't great and so maybe it will clear up a little bit of confusion and delusion around it yeah. so yeah i mean definitely try it out man a lot of these gyms they provide they offer one week free trials go in there take a look it's not as daunting as you think i, I absolutely think you should be in a great uh, comfortable environment for the most part, you'd be surprised if you walk into a gym, the good ones, they welcome you. You know, you, your coach should be very careful about what you're doing because their idea is not to have you get hurt. Their idea is to keep you safe so you can learn, right? So that's why if you see gyms where they spar full speed as and they're trying to kill each other every time they put gear on, I wouldn't recommend you stick around too much, right? Because that's not the goal there. There's only, I think Joe Rogan puts it really well, um, but a lot of martial artists talk about it. It's like a ticket. Your brain, your body is like a ticket. There's only so many times you can punch that ticket until you run out of turns. 
And that's what it means when you, you say you can get knocked out, you can get hurt. There's only so many times you can take it until you can't come back from it. That's what, that's what you need to be careful of if you're trying to pick up a martial art. Yeah, I, I love this t- subject. And there are a lot of woo-woo kind of martial artists out there. And um, hopefully one day we can share those videos, but go online and take a look. And uh, yeah, our message this uh, episode is give it a shot. For the most part, everyone's just too unfit right now. All right. Thank you very much for listening, guys. And we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.